Also, I don't know why Carrie Brownstein was credited in the opening of this movie. Her character even has a name, Genevieve Cantrell. <laughs> she's like in the background of one shot at the very end of the movie. <laughs> Genevieve Cantrell that she's in the movie at all? Oh, snap. Oh, it like writes itself. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 389 with our review of Carol. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, yeah, we're talking about Carol, uh, one of two films that we're going to be reviewing tonight and getting out for you sometime this week. Yeah. Um, Possibly not coming to a theater near you, actually. Yeah, what, <laughs> I, don't, what, I don't know how wide it's going to be. I assume that they want to get these out within the next week or so. I mean, not that they want to try to compete with Star Wars, but I, I assume they want people to see these before the next year begins because they're May, awards and stuff. I don't know. May, a lot of times they do like an award nominating run, award qualifying run at the yeah, end yeah. of December. And then like in January, they come out wide. So by the Oscars, people have like just watched them. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I now live in an area where I have access to the films, <laughs> so we got to talk about them, and uh, that's what we're going to do. Um, yeah. And I would say Carol is kind of the Star Wars of <laughs> dreamy, romantic, lesbian romances. <laughs> um, romantic romances, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess that would be accurate. I mean, well, I should say it would definitely be accurate in the context of the praise that we seem to be hearing about not that we're hearing praise about star wars even though the premiere is happening as we record or it already happened i don't know i feel like people were at star wars earlier this evening really yes i saw people all over on twitter saying star wars premiere and talking about on monday i am out of the loop I, I hey I was seeing I was seeing uh, certain other podcasters talking about other actors slash people that were walking by them and seeing pictures on Twitter of people on things I don't know hmm. I could be I could have fallen and hit my head <laughs> and might not know what I'm talking about either way by the time that this episode comes out somebody has seen Star Wars oh yeah for sure <laughs> that's one thing that you can take that to the bank. <laughs> But anyway, so Carol... You can take that to the New York department store. Yes. Where uh, I hear they have great deals on new models of trains. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Anyways, uh, should we get into this review of Carol? Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> All right. We are going to uh, take a listen to the trailer for Carol and then come back and give you guys a review. Dearest... There are no accidents, and no explanation I offer will satisfy you. I like that. You seek resolutions because you're young. But you will understand this one day. How many times have you been in love? You're always the most beautiful woman in the room. Bellevet. Carol. Tell me you know what you're doing. I never did. 
And then it changed. She's still my wife. I love her. I can't help you with that. It shouldn't be like this. I know. If he can't have me, I can't see my daughter. Everything comes full circle. We gave each other the most breathtaking of gifts. Okay, so that was the uh, trailer for Carol, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read from the IMDb summary because I, as I was telling Stephen before this, I don't know exactly how to summarize the plot in a very succinct way, but basically it's set in 1950s New York, a department store clerk who dreams of a better life falls for an older married woman. Um, so that is the story of Carol. Uh, see, people seem to like this film a lot. Uh, it's been getting... A lot of people talking about it. And uh, Stephen, did this film live up to um, the people talking well about it? <laughs> so I think first we should lead in how we watched this movie. So both movies we're reviewing tonight, in fact, Chris and I watched together in a romantic double feature. Um, <laughs> we left work kind of early, shared a cab, all that romantic stuff, walked in the rain. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> It was raining. That's right. Oh, yeah. And we sat down to watch a double feature of Carol and the Danish girl because we're very confident in our masculinity. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Carol, we were running a little late or like everything seemed to be taking a little bit too long. And we rushed in at the last minute and we were sitting in the very, very, very front row, which... It is a theater that only had like three rows, <laughs> but still. <laughs> well, also, it wasn't just a theater that only had three rows. It is. It was a theater that had been retrofitted to contain only three rows. And we assumed that like, oh, if it's only got three rows, then probably all of the seats are really good. But it yeah, turns out... you're watching out... <laughs> it on an iPad or something. <laughs> yeah, but it turns out that it used to be a regular sized theater that they just put a bunch of lazy boys in. So we were closer than would have been expected in a theater made for only yeah. three rows of people. I, I felt like I was sitting in a living room, very close up, laying down on my back, watching a movie. <laughs> like, it didn't feel like a movie theater. It felt like I'm a little kid and my mom is letting me stay up <laughs> to watch this lesbian romance. <laughs> and, and your mom also invited like 10 of her friends over to sit behind you while you watch this film. Yeah. And my dad is passive aggressively commenting about, oh, hanging out with that friend all the time. <laughs> but anyway, all that to say, when the movie began, my first thought was, dear God, this is going to be a long two hours. Because I was right in front of the screen. Like, it hurt my eyes to watch yeah. that. And I have to say, I think the movie overcame that very, very well. Um, so I know Chris and I are probably going to disagree on this. Like we, <laughs> we talked a little bit right How after the movie. How do you know movie. that, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, we, we shared a good heart to heart at a bar in between this and the Danish girl. Um, so what I very much liked about it is the filmmaking style. Um, 
kind of like Queen of Earth, this has just that very classic filmic quality. Like, film is the only word I can use to describe it. It feels like you are watching one of those old-school, glamoury Hollywood movie movies from back in the day. Um, And like Queen of Earth, it is also about two very strong-willed female characters who do not say nearly as much as they are feeling on the inside. Typical women, am I right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amen, brother. Um, But something about this movie was just so hypnotic to me, and I think it comes down to the character of Kate Blanchett, and I think many Kate Blanchett characters, (laughs) now that I think about it, is kind of a larger-than-life, head-in-the-clouds, glamorous starlight-type thing, like a starlet character. Like, she isn't relatable as a human being most of the time. She is. We see her the way that Rooney Mara is supposed to see her, which is as this enigma, right? Like, this force that is, like, calling you, and you don't know exactly what is going on in her head, and the way she looks at you or the way she smiles is just off somehow yeah um and normally i don't actually go for roles like that but with her in this movie i thought it was perfect for what it was trying to do which i think was to get inside the actual star of the movie's head rooney mara and show how how she could become swept up in this force, like a great Gatsby type thing, almost like there's this person whose life she is able to orbit and it catches her at a crossroads where she doesn't know who she wants to be or what she wants to do. And it changes her. Um, So I think with Rooney Mara at the anchor point, this became just a very spellbinding old school kind of romance is almost the wrong word. It, (laughs) I was nostalgic for something I've never experienced because I am nothing like these characters. Um, (laughs) But I think, so the biggest praise I can give the movie, other than the visuals, which I thought were just very beautiful, I, I again, can't even put my finger on why. We were sitting so close that I felt, like, overwhelmed every time the camera moved or light would blind you. (laughs) It was just, like, so much more moving than it normally would have been (laughs) if I had been sitting at a healthy distance. Um, But otherwise, the biggest praise I can give it is that the love story felt completely authentic to me. And I don't mean that to say, like, this is a perfect love. I would actually argue that this isn't much of a romance in that sense, but more the attraction story. Like, I... I never felt like it was a gimmick in the way that movies where two straight characters are playing a gay couple. You feel like, okay, yeah, this is awards bait. Oh, woohoo, they're so brave. What a transformation, blah, blah, blah. Um, I never felt that here. By the end of the movie, I I felt the same kind of excitement that I would have if I were watching like 500 Days of Summer or something. Like, I, I definitely believed the characters. Um Otherwise, yeah, I can't put my finger on what made it so good to me. Like, I don't think it's an amazing love story. I think it is a 
a very good crush and potentially breakup movie like Annie Hall or 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> Nothing like those in style. Um, and it just told a very compelling story that I liked being in for two hours. And I would have trouble recounting now what the story was. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah. Well, uh, so Stephen and I, or yeah, so so when we stopped it off into the bar to quickly scarf down some food between two films, um, the first thing Stephen did mention uh, was comparing it to uh, Queen of Earth. And then I just started laughing hysterically because in my head, I was sort of comparing it in the same light that... It's a film that I guess I can understand why people really are, are happy with it, but for me, um, story-wise, it just didn't didn't work at all. Um, you know, you know the the Great Gatsby uh, comparison. Like, I totally get that. In my head, the comparison I was kind of arriving at was was Mistress America. Strangely enough, hmm. um, because in that story, you have like one, you have the younger character who is sort of not quite set in what she does. Like, she has aspirations, but doesn't know if she's good enough or if she really has the drive to achieve them. And she meets somebody who's older, who, in a way, she sort of idolizes almost instantly. Like, she's. She finds like a muse in an older person who seems to have their life in balance. Now, That's a pretty perfect comparison, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, like obviously the end of that film gets a little crazier and like the film, the the metaphor starts to part ways a bit. But like that's sort of the story that I'm kind of getting. And, you know, one other thing that Stephen and I talked about is like very early on in this film, I sort of had to go to the bathroom <laughs> and I didn't want to leave to go to the bathroom because... It wasn't clear to me what the arc of the story was going to turn out to be or if it was going to arrive at any place that felt like a fulfilling arc to me. So it's like I felt like if I literally stepped out for four seconds to throw trash away, I would possibly miss something that would be like the difference between the film going nowhere and the film having a purpose. And I think ultimately for me, the story, story as a whole like the characters are great um Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara are great in the film their individual art like not their individual arcs but like the relationship together like I buy like I totally instantly get why Rooney Mara could be sort of like uh caught up in in who Kate Blanchett's character is and kind of like um seduced like not in a creepy way i mean it is an older woman and a younger woman but it, i don't mean it like seduced in a terrible way but like i can i can see why she got kind of wrapped up in her um the kate blanchett's character of carol i less see why she was into rooney mara i mean don't get me wrong like i am infatuated with rooney mara in real life <laughs> so i can totally get why anybody would be attracted to her you're just more of a mohawk and nose piercing kind of guy <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, but uh, so I guess to me, the only thing I can think of is that Carol is looking for an innocence that has like an innocence in a, in a in a in an individual who hasn't lived a life as long as she has, knowing the like the ups and downs of normal life. Like she's looking for somebody who has their eye on the future and sort of uh, a view of like what life could be still like they haven't been tainted by living an actual life yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can really see, but it's weird. The, 
the attempt the this isn't really a film about two people who are like you know forbidden lovers and who have to make grand sacrifices to try to be together not at all no um and i'm not saying the film should or has to be but in one sense the you know, there, there's a lot of scenes in the trailer where, where you, know, you have a character saying, she, she's still my wife. And like, <laughs> you know, like, there's all these like, these like people saying these big grand things about relationships. But this is really sort of, in a way, two people who run off for a weekend together is sort of like, that's really as deep as the story goes. And there's side mm-hmm. characters and there's drama involved in each character's life in general. But... None of those are really consequential to the relationship story as a whole. And I think for me, there isn't one... I guess I feel like the film doesn't say a lot. It just shows some stuff that's well acted and should be really emotional. But instead, I kind of wonder where these characters like what the motivation is behind any of their actions and sort of like where they're going and what the overall story wanted to be. Right. I I can definitely see that. And I think for Carson and Sarah listening, it does (laughs) partly come down to how much of a plot person you are. Yeah. I think oftentimes I am a plot person to some degree. Like I think Chris and I are more often against Carson than with Carson. (laughs) But sometimes in a thing like this or like Inherent Vice or Queen of Earth, the the filmmaking and the ambiance is just enough to make me not care at all about what the actual storyline is. Yeah. And this movie, I found it enchanting enough to not... Like, if it enchants you, then the haze is better. Like, you are, you're not only fine with not understanding the motive, you are like happy to not understand the motive but if it hadn't pulled that trick on me then yeah i have no idea how i would analyze this as a love story um, you know, it, i i'm oh, sorry go it, ahead i was just gonna say it's kind of funny because like if i could like wash out the surrounding characters like the the male characters that Rooney mara knows and the family of Carol, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, Kate, Kate Blanchett's entire family and her friend, if I could completely wash them out of the story, I would feel exactly the same as you felt about this film. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, I feel like the other elements just water down the experiential part of, that these characters are going through and, and do it in a way that makes it forces me to concentrate on that aspect of the story when I don't see how it drives anything forward. So I think in part, I blame the trailer for this because the trailer, like you said, definitely paints this as a forbidden love story, like two star-crossed lovers who can't be together. Yeah, You, you actually expect this to be Brokeback Mountain of like some forbidden affair that is ruining their relationships and they have to keep it a secret and blah 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 and this is not that movie and like very quickly you learn that carol is not that person like this is not an inhibition where she can't act on these things um and i think if the trailer didn't prime you that way i'm curious how else you would feel because one thing i liked about this and a reason i enjoyed the secondary characters is as a period piece and as a commentary on 
what life would be like for a woman in this era. I mean, I'm Mad Men is kind of a big point of comparison for me. I, I don't think you watched it, but I think I, no, I still haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it had a fairly similar ambiance, and the the relation between the male characters and the female characters is a big deal on that show. In particular, like how the men behave as you know man head of the household businessman whatever (laughs) in that year and how the women are kind of shoved to the sidelines and forced to they're they're not able to make their own decisions most of the time yeah and i think the reason a lot of the background characters in this movie work for me is they are reminding you of that like of the real world that these people live in where they don't have freedom and they're like expected to be, you know, just normal girl who gets in your car and goes and sees a drive through movie with you, you know, like the all shucks girl. Um, <laughs> and like the guys, they choose to be in those roles, like Kyle Chandler and the dude from obvious child, whose name I forget. Um, they are very much the people who you can imagine like wanting to just be in charge of someone like good natured, friendly people. But I don't know. It makes me see the romance and everything more in the light of these are two people trying to escape from a world. Yeah. And in order to appreciate that, you need to feel what the world is that they're escaping from. Now the dramatic element of what that means for their future and whether there's like discrimination involved that that didn't concern me as much um but i did like the story that it tells with the other characters and 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 i and i do sort of agree that i think the trailer definitely primed me for one type of film and i got a different type of film i I mean it even took certain phrases that they use (laughs) in when you hear them in the movie they're like regarding a completely different thing yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember exactly. There are a few grand romantic gestures of like, you can't keep me from her or something. And it's like, it, they weren't talking about love in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 like the, one of the most glaring visual things that they do in the film or in the trailer to that sort of is a huge misdirection is, you know, like the film is called Car- Carol and it's a, sort of about, you know, Rooney Mara's character being seduced by Carol in a way. And, uh, you know, there, there's a scene where like they're exchanging names and like Rooney Mara's like, Carol, like she says it in this daydreamy way. And then she writes Carol in what appears to be a journal when it turns out that's actually just like a planner and she's writing like, carol lunch two o'clock sunday and it's like it's not her like writing in this journal about having met this woman named carol it's just her like planning the lunch that they're supposed to have the following day (laughs) which is like the most ridiculous thing ever yeah at at that moment in the movie at that moment i was like god damn it (laughs) i i do think also even though some of the like secondary drama didn't completely work for me There is a late scene in the movie where Carol is meeting with her husband and a lawyer and she has like a closing line as she walks out of that room. And in my mind, that had a lot of payoff to it. I I thought that was a very good end to that part of the story. And and, and I I completely agree. That was a really good moment. Mm. Also, I don't know why... Carrie Brownstein was credited in the opening of this movie. Her character even has a name, Genevieve Cantrell, 
<laughs> she's like in the background of one shot at the very end of the movie. <laughs> Genevieve can't draw that she's in the movie at all. Oh, snap. Oh, it like writes itself. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> should we get to our verdicts for the yeah. film? All right, Stephen, why don't you give this film the glowing uh, <laughs> verdict that it deserves? Um, I assume it's going to be only one of two. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of two. I'm surprised you even think it could be the two. Yeah, this is a must-see for me. I think it was a wonderfully made spellbinding movie. And if I'm kind of at a loss for things to say now, that doesn't have anything to do with how much I enjoyed watching it. I think it is a very moving experience and it's worth seeking it out. Yeah, and and I the only even reason why I gave you two options is because I didn't know if it was going to be like a must see for me i.e steven and possibly if you're more like chris only a recommend <laughs> now if I you i didn't know if you're gonna split the vote like that though if you are like my grandma or something maybe bump it down to recommend there are some scenes that you won't <laughs> like in this movie um but yeah so so uh so i was going to say something <clears throat> let me think for a second um oh yeah so like i i am definitely a a story person i am i am i never avoid trailers because i generally like to use trailers as my way of deciding how interesting a film seems to me and honestly carol's a film that i probably wouldn't have seen on my own if it wasn't one that was getting buzz so my my only real like basis for judging the film is that like this is what the trailer sold me and people say this is really good. Um, so it's it's one of those films where like it's not for me and I would feel bad giving it like it's not a bad film by any stretch of the means. It's just a film that's not one that uh, is geared towards somebody of my taste. That sounds like I'm trying to be like stepping around the issue. I, I Homophobic. <laughs> Well, clearly that's not going to be the case, which we'll get into later, I guess. It's just not for me. You know, if they want to do it, they can do it. <laughs> just don't make me look at it. I don't like this film. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Um, no, but um, uh, I guess I'll just give it wait for rental. I, I guess that's, I, I don't know. I, I, it wasn't my bag of tea. Um, bag of tea? Cup of tea? <laughs> I'm mixing metaphors already. <laughs> it wasn't your fancy martini in an old school New York hotel restaurant. Yes, that is true. Um, but yeah, um, should we tell everybody uh, where they can find us? Um, I'm going to be forwarding my mail to Chicago something or other. I'll be back in a few months. That It happens in the movie. <laughs> Twitter.com slash sdavidmiller, sdavidmiller.com. Oh, that, I, I was see for me. I was confused because you're also going on a trip, so yeah. we'll <laughs> talk about that in the next one. Okay, <clears throat> but people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com/slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com/slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com/slash TheSpoilerWarning. 
Um, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Carol, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, we have to take off and go get on to our review of The Danish Girl, but hopefully you guys enjoyed this review. Hopefully you'll enjoy that review also. And if you do enjoy these reviews, you should give us a review on iTunes. I just said review so many times in a row. You could even put that in your comment. Or just write us a letter, like an old-fashioned letter in cursive. Yes. Or you can just scribble down what your thoughts of this film are in your day planner. <laughs> and then someone else will recut it and make it look meaningful. <laughs> All right. So thanks for joining me, Stephen. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in a bit. Mm-hmm.